Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is Connor, and you're listening to another episode of The Weekly Movie Show. I'm here with Ben. Hello. And still, no George. Even though it's 2020, it's a new year, it's a new us. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New and Year, George, everybody. wherever you may be. I think he's in South Africa. I'd, I've seen no <laughs> proof of this. Um, yeah, everyone, it, it's uh, a brand new year. Um, we uh, have some really exciting things happening this year. We're going to revamp a little bit of the look of the show, the way that we kind of present the news. Um, but we want to make sure that we're all together when we do that. So um, look forward to that. Basically, we're going to make George do all the work. Essentially, yes. I don't want to do any of the work until he's here. Um, but for this episode, we have some interesting news. It's been a bit of a, um, a news light uh, Christmas period. It's that time of year, yeah. But we have calls for release the JJ cut, um, which is an interesting little uh, release. The Abrams cut is yes. all t- trending. Yeah. Um, we have some box office recaps for 2019. And we have some really cool trailers, including uh, A Quiet Place 2 and Tenant, which... I'm very excited to, uh, to talk about with mm-hmm. you, Ben. Um, but before we get into all that, why don't you tell me what you've been uh, watching over the holidays, Ben? Keep it brief. I'm going to have to because <laughs> it's, it's that busy time of year. Um, honestly, I've mostly just been hanging out with friends and family and at the beach. Uh, you don't have friends so and family. It, what are you talking about? I've been hanging out with myself at the beach. <laughs> Um, if I did watch a lot of things, I must have forgotten about them because all I can currently remember is that I just got out of a screening of Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Um, Oh, too cool. Yes, which, you know, I don't think there's been that much anticipation for really after, I guess, Guy Ritchie's post-snatch career. (laughs) Um, I think what I've heard of it is that people are hoping that it's a return to form. Mm. Essentially, which is, I think, what we hope out of every Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Um, I don't is think it? he's. I don't think he's really made anything great since Snatch. I mean, I like Sherlock Holmes a lot. I even like the second one a bit. Um, Man from Uncle, I really enjoyed as well. Um, King Arthur, we won't talk. This about. This isn't the scathing review I was expecting. Of like, I don't. I didn't like anything from Snatch except for this one and this one. Oh, and this but I'd say I didn't love anything. Like, Snatch oh, not to the snake. Like same nothing. This name. This name. name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to report that, in my personal opinion, this is his best film since Snatch. Um, I awesome. absolutely adored it. Um, I don't think it'll ever be possible to say it's on the same level as Snatch and Lockstock because they're, Those they're are, classic films yeah. at this point. They're cult hits. Um, they're movies I've been watching since I started really getting into movies. Um, but I'm already keen to see this one again. I, I recommend it highly. Mm. I always thought that it was a bit of a shame um, to be in the position of someone like um, Guy Ritchie, which is that the the films that he's most known for it doesn't matter I, I think how successful he becomes or what kind of properties he gets his hands on none of them will ever be held to the same kind of reverence as uh, lock stock and snatch there's no way he found making a billion dollar aladdin movie fulfilling there's no no way. yeah no <laughs> um and i think that's true of of any kind of director that is discovered when they when they're really god it, it, like i i don't uh, was anyone who has that breakout hit that everyone jumps on and says, yeah. "This is the guy to watch"? Like, yeah. this is the it's new almost like Taika Waititi. I'm waiting for his slump, yeah, because there's no way that that man continues to put out really good films. Mm. Can't, so. can't have him forever. Um, yeah, cool. Anything else? Um, just more, no, but more specifically well, about the general, I just want to shout out Hugh Grant, who gives a career best performance. 
Um, probably the first time he's ever not played Hugh Grant, and he was <laughs> outstanding. Absolutely, that's amazing. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I actually do have one that you've watched that we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. um, but that I have also watched, which is The Witcher. Oh yes, of course. Um, which has been doing the rounds on social media, mm. um, but we haven't chatted since it's come out. Well, you know why I forgot about it is because I watched it in one sitting the day it came out. Which is not <laughs> not your kind of that's not your thing. Not my bag, baby. No. Um, but I think that speaks to, I guess the. Uh, well, how would you describe it? It's kind of captivating, but confusing, but it's it's fun. Yeah, it's so it's it's fun. It's silly. It's engaging. It's engrossing. It's kind of a mess. It's I was not anticipating it at all. Like I've been critical on the show about the trailers and just fantasy in general. I'm not that big a fan. Um, Henry Cavill, I think, is is beautiful, but not necessarily the most uh, engaging actor. Um, and I don't know. I thought the, I thought the first episode was very fine. Then I watched the second episode, and I was like, I think I really like this. And then, like I said, I proceeded to watch the whole season, and I'm like, yeah. I something about it just really clicked for me. It was like, just a, and a, you've a, never read the books, you've never played the game, never played the game yet. And I've heard heard a lot of complaints about people saying, I feel like it's mostly people who have done those things who have been like, oh, you couldn't possibly enjoy this or understand this if you haven't done those things. But um, I, yeah, I loved I loved yeah. trying to work out all the timeline shit and just all the fucking fantasy nonsense coming out. And it was also fun and silly and kind of like it was almost tonally irreverent. Like, you know, I I get that. Like it was, was, it was part comedy, but it's also part like 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 the the dialogue and and especially adventure. like like um Yaskia's song are so uh, you know not typical fantasy sort mm. of things. It it kind of felt winking in in a little way. Yeah. Um, like almost meta at parts. Um, yeah, so I just absolutely love it. I cannot wait for season two. Yeah, and 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 they uh, they kind of left it on a note that that definitely makes you want season two. Mm. But they've also said that that's not coming until I think twenty twenty one, which is such a kick in the dick. Because <laughs> like, um, I I want that and I want that immediately. So you really enjoyed it too. I really enjoyed it. And mm. uh, and look, I. I, I went so far as to watch it twice. Uh, the first time I kind of binged through it, and yeah. then um, uh, I wanted my uh, my fiance to watch it as well. So I just before I watched the last episode, I stopped, which was tough. And then I, I I rewatched it with her, which actually helped a lot because the timelines in this can get very confusing. And if there's one thing that I would recommend to to anyone that hasn't delved in yet, mm. um, it's to anticipate differing timelines. Time fuckery. Yeah, because it was only like episode three or four that I realized that the, that a lot of this was not happening at the same time. I didn't catch it until like six. Yeah. Like, like there were hints. Like I kind of got that a Once lot I re- of time was passing in between yeah. episodes here oh, and there. Oh, that, yes. But the actual specificity of the relative timelines, um, which I, I love how they did it, I really did not get until it all dovetailed at the end. I'm like, I love that. That is so yeah. cool. And it... it there was a, I, having rewatched it. Mm. There are a lot of very like on the nose, mm. not even hints, but just them saying, "This is when this is happening." Mm. Like there's a, um, a uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, there's just a scene with uh, younger characters, yeah, that are like blatantly pointed out, mm. and you're like, "Okay, well that sets this scene." You know, I don't know roughly 30 years mm. prior to the one that I just watched mm. and like but there's no explicit like Tamaria 
1406. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really doesn't force feed it to you. It's it rewards paying attention. Um, yeah, and it rewards rewatching because I don't think five episodes. You know, the first five I watched was nowhere near enough for me to, as a complete newbie, um, be remembering names and faces and places. And so, well, I, I, it's funny. I really want to rewatch it as well. Even myself, like uh, I played the game, I think twice. Mm. Um, but the game happened or takes place well after the events of Witcher Three. The Witcher, about? yeah, yeah. Um, and I even went back and replayed Witcher Two, mm. which again is is after the end of the books. Mm. Um, so this, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this though, like kind of delving into things that had happened before the game. And for me, this was a really cool way to engage in this um, story outside of the game. Yeah. Um, um, I along with Mandalorian, I really enjoyed this kind of throwback to kind of older, more episodic television that still has a, a through line to it. But yeah, it, it really does remind me. It's been said to death, but we're late to the party on this one. But it, it really reminds me of those old shows like um, you know, Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules: The Legendary Adventures and stuff. Oh which wow, is those are throwbacks. Like rolling into town and doing a mission, and then another, something else next week. Um, but you know, with production values far beyond anything we could have imagined back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, this was such a big surprise for me. Yep. I'm glad you liked it too. No, no, yeah. Really, really enjoy it. Um, uh, two other things that I watched, two Netflix... Um, two, actually, all three of the ones that I watched um, in the break were all Netflix. Hmm. Um, the other one was uh, Six Underground, which is the Ryan Reynolds... Michael Bay. Michael Bay film. And uh, I think that's the best way to describe this movie because hmm. it is just... Ryan Reynolds in a Michael Bay movie. And whatever you think that means, that's what this film is. Like Bad Boys with Deadpool? Uh, if you took those properties, boiled them down to their like core ingredients, mm. and then just ramped it up to 11. The, uh, th- this movie is, is gloriously shot. I mean, you can talk about the, like any Michael Bay film. Yeah, and this, yeah. what, what do you say? Uh, gloriously shot... Awesome action. The man cannot edit to save his life. Mm. Um, and the same thing with Ryan Reynolds. You know, um, oh, he cannot edit at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of like, he's uh, funny, um, uh, likable, but he's playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, and all that together makes a very confusing experience. I, I've got to be honest. Um, not a dislikable one. But very confusing because this this movie is the epitome of 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 kind of surface level flashing lights here mm. enjoy just explosions because the editing or the I guess even the plot of this movie is just it's f- it's fucking ridiculous. Would you say on any level it's worth watching? <laughs> You've thought about it too long. That's a no. You'd you'd hate it. <laughs> Well, not I, necessarily. I mean, I like plenty of Michael Bay movies, but um, no, 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 you'd hate it. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's just there's weird narration that kind of repeats itself mm-hmm. right throughout the film. It's like every, I'd say, about fifteen minutes, there's a narration by Ryan Reynolds mm. that is repeating the same narration as at the beginning of the film. You know, it's a very typical. Uh, movie, I guess, trope, which is that you're watching the main character do something and you get the voiceover being like, this is how I became a spy or mm. this is the story of the day that I, and you know, there are evil people in the world. That little speech narration thing that happened at the beginning yeah. happens every like 15 minutes in this film. 
okay. for like two hours. Mm. And it is genuinely mind-boggling. Mm. Like, I don't understand it. That's actually the reaction I've mostly seen to this, which is just like confusion. Like, what the fuck is this movie? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it is genuinely uh, genuinely absurd. It makes me curious. I'll take a, a insane, terrible Michael Bay movie over a lot of the average crap we get most, yeah. most of the time. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, geez, that's, um, that's what I watched for that. Uh, the, the other one that I watched was, uh, Two Popes. Oh, okay. Um, which I really enjoyed. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of how, how I feel about this film in general, because, no, I I enjoyed it. I, I I thought it was really good. I really like Anthony Hopkins, and I really like um, Jonathan. Price. Jonathan, I was going to say Jonathan, um, you know, Jonathan Price. Um, uh, I, I think this movie really is like this kind of it's it's the basic bromance movie hmm. of people that disagree, uh, sitting down and 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 chatting to each other. It was really interesting in the sense that I had never really thought too much about how that that i guess time in history took place or who pope francis actually is mm. they go into a bit of his backstory and it's it's incredibly interesting mm. um if not kind of presented in a very um i'd almost say whitewashed mm. is is was my feeling but ultimately it was a really really enjoyable bromance film all right I don't, know, I don't know much about that one, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's worth a, worth a, a look. All done. That's it. That's, that's me. Alrighty, on to the news then. On to the we? news. Uh, as you mentioned just in the intro there, hashtag release the JJ cut and hashtag release the Abrams cut have started trending on Twitter, sparked by rumors uh, detailing alleged Disney-enforced alterations to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. So wait, just let let me get this straight. Yeah. A production company has interfered with the editing of a film. So it seems. Say it ain't so bad. <laughs> so these are un- kind of unverified rumors that started circling like last week, I think, that um, suggest that Disney kind of heavily took control of the, the final edit of Rise of Skywalker. The, you know, the, the film that is um, not exactly universally being applauded um, at the moment um and naturally since the whole justice league thing people's first response is we want the the the, the real director's vision of this film um i don't think this one really has much much in the way of legs to it but there are actually i guess there has been a surprising amount of kind of people involved with the production actors and, and creatives kind of coming out speaking in less than flattering ways about it so who knows that's interesting, yeah. Um, I, I'm torn with this in the sense that I love the idea that there's some, um, uh, I guess, push to allow directors to have creative control over their properties or, or what they've been, um, I or guess, hired to direct. Disney's properties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in ter- like, if you're entrusting a property to a director, I think that that should then become the director's, mm. and at least in some, in some way. Mm. Um, and, uh, I think it's, I, I, I like that, that people are pushing to have the director's, um, voice heard. Yeah. At the same time, 
it does sound an awful lot like an excuse when something when when a, a property doesn't deliver on what the fans want and yeah. they they want to like this whole uh release the Snyder cut I think is still one of the the silliest things I've ever heard mm. because a I don't know how much better they think that that movie was going to be yeah. if it was you know um what was originally shot like nothing in the original shots make me think oh yeah this is the movie we definitely needed to see mm. um but uh so yeah I, i'm i'm really torn because i'm like of course a production company is gonna to make you know changes and 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 um and and what are we really doing like what are we really trying to achieve by saying like i want the blah blah cut and also like go check out our review for the movie. It's um it's a fairly fresh opinion on it, I think. Um, but does Rise of Skywalker strike you as something that wasn't JJ's product? Like it feels JJ very JJ usually to me. like toes the the line when it comes yeah, to like um the the studios anyway. So I'm not even tired. Like you know, it, it doesn't feel like a lot of the decisions made in that movie that maybe people are taking umbrage with were like forced upon him. Yeah, no pun intended. Like it seems kind of like what he would have done. He never seems to be that. I don't know. He doesn't feel like. Yeah, he doesn't feel like I the Ryan Johnson kind like, of guy. What What are people thinking? Was changed. Yeah. What doesn't feel as though it belongs in that film yeah, coming from J.J. Abrams? How like the people who really don't like the movie? I feel like don't like almost any aspect of it. Like so, it's it's hard to know what a. Supposed JJ cut could yeah. actually rectify Look, for them. It's not the movie that I think that I was hoping for, although that might just be a unattainable yeah. kind of uh, thing. Ryan Johnson didn't direct it, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I I, I certainly don't. Fi- I, I'm not surprised by it, hmm. and nothing nothing seems out of the ordinary when it comes to Disney. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know about this, and and. If you look at the, I think there's way more weight behind release the Snyder cut, and even that is dubious at best mm. as to whether that'll get through. I mean, there's oddly enough, there seems to be a revitalized um, kind of push for it, which Zack Snyder is definitely getting on board for. He's been releasing all these photos and um, yeah, and I mean, and all the, the hints and the lead actors all promoted it on on Twitter, yeah. and there's no way that wasn't like their marketing team doing that like there wasn't oh. it wasn't just gal gadot yeah <laughs> taking time out of her day like, being like yeah it's like oh you know, yeah. i'm gonna weigh in on this situation yeah um uh, yeah but this one i think is a is a dead end seems very silly um in related news uh rise of skywalker is it's it's doing fine at the box office it's trailing behind last jedi which again obviously trailed quite behind force awakens so definitely diminishing returns to this franchise i don't think anyone's expecting it to really um take over from from last Jedi either. So. What is it at at the moment? Well, uh, when you last checked, it's a, it's just about to hit nine hundred million. So it, it should should be around a billion soon. Do you remember? Uh, so we we had a little uh, gentlemanly bet, yeah, as to where this is going to hit. Whoever loses gets kicked off the pod. Um, um, I, so I, I bet one. <laughs> I, I bet one point three billion. So I was that it. I'm thinking pretty good about it because it's. Uh, I think it's going to slow down and. Kind of I nicely, have yeah. a feeling that you are pretty close. Mm. You, so essentially, you no, you're 1.4. One. No, I have up until 1.4 because I was 1.3 and I think so. Oh, yeah, 1. yeah, 5. exactly. Yeah, no, sorry. You're right. Yeah. So um, you've got anything up to 1.4 
1.15 billion. Mm. Uh, George is in that sweet port point between 1.4 and 1.6 billion, and I'm anything above 1.6. Right, so you're, um, you're out. <laughs> um, look, I don't know. I, I think that... Run off uh, and buy a billion tickets. <laughs> it, well, if you think about it, it's been out for less than a month, and mm. it's, it's just about hit a billion. Totally, yeah. I mean, I think it's got another half billion in it potentially do you think this movie really has legs though the reception that it's gotten like the public opinion of it um anyway we'll let the best speak for itself we'll see where we'll see where it ends up i've seen weirder things happen like if you look at um uh uh captain marvel which was absolutely lambasted um that that made at least what one point one point something billion. Yeah, it, like it did a decent haul, and that's it great, you know, yeah. um, you know, that's not Star Wars. Star Wars is meant to have more legs than that, so meant to. But yeah, we'll see. Here we go. Anyway, speak, uh, speaking of box office, uh, here's a sobering thought: eighty percent of the highest-grossing films from 2019 were produced by Disney. Um, now, this was a report I think by Variety or Forbes or something, but um, I'm not sure exactly what they mean by that. The one uh, kind of concrete fact I could get out of it was that eight of the top ten grosses of the year were all Disney productions or co-productions, um, yeah. if you include Spider-Man, Far From Home. Um, and further on from that, at $3.764 billion in domestic box office, Disney controlled 33.2% of all domestic ticket sales in 2019. Uh, smashing Warner Brothers with 13.7%, Universal with 13.4%, and Sony with uh, 11.9%. So they are well more than double their, their closest competitor on that. Um, wow. and that's, what was their closest competitor? I just said it. it was, oh, did you? Uh, Warner Brothers. I never listened to you. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. It's conducive to good conversation. <laughs> um, that is... That's pretty wild. Yeah, and... As much as I like to be all doom and gloom about Disney, it, it's it's important to say that this was like a banner year for them, like with having Endgame and Endgame, Star Wars, and Star Wars, Lion King, Aladdin. Like they're not going to repeat this directly again. Um, I don't think year. so. No, um, but still, that is that is huge. That's like literally a third, more than a third. It's massive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'm trying to think. Like the industry seems to be going down. Um, well, yeah, 2019, as a whole. 2019 was worse than 2018. Um, so I, I think that this might be the death throes, um, so to speak. Um, I, I think the you're death very... throes of there being more than one film producer other than Disney. <laughs> oh God. Well, I don't even, I don't even know how that would work. Hmm. Well, I mean, it can. Like, if they get a monopoly, they'll just break it up, and that'll be that. It was hmm. a nice little dream. But I think that um, something that's not. Is, it's interesting because Netflix is really not in that conversation when you're talking about box office. And I think that what we will find uh, more and more is that the box office conversation becomes less and less relevant. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, as time goes Netflix on. has released a significant amount of films theatrically uh, in 2019, but those, which is new for them. It, it is, but not nearly in the scale of... Exactly um, of Disney, yeah, and it's. I think it's more for them, just kind of. That seems more marketing than anything for else. Awards consideration primarily, I yeah. Think. So I, I don't think that uh, that that they're worried about box office. Mm. Do you see their Netflix's official release of um, their most watched titles? Um, I saw some headlines about it. I didn't actually go in and, and read too much into it. It was, it was uh, like such The a Witcher and bullshit and little survey. The Witcher was in like the top ten, I think. But um, number one was. Uh, Murder Mystery, the Adam Sandler film. 
Mm-hmm. But then you, you look at the little asterisk down the bottom, which is it's counting all stats for for titles watched for at least two minutes. Um, so any of those things, you know, Stranger Things, all the TV series, of all the movies, if someone's watched two minutes of it on their account, that's counted towards this this viewership number. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I guess box office sales technically count tickets that people buy and walk out after less than two minutes in. but um, Or don't even show up at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, still, that seems like, <coughs> Bob Iger. <laughs> that seems like yeah, that seems like not the most useful data. Um, um or not I, the most you know, look, I think it's data. like like you said, if people click on it, there's obviously some level of draw to it. Totally, but that's um, not that's not the data. That is not the data that Netflix themselves are looking at internally to kind of. Um, I mean, that, that's part of it, obviously. Yeah, but they would have much more interesting kind of schematics of. I'm sure they would, yeah. The breakdowns and everything. I mean, they'll never release it, but I would be mm. absolutely fascinated to know about... Um, like they would have so much data on people's watching habits, what people are watching, for how long they're watching it, when they're watching it, yeah. um, which is just not not data you can get. Which parts they're movies. fast-forwarding to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, like, it, like if, if... I think that that would be... That would be un- unbelievably valuable. Mm. Um, and I think particularly for um i think there's the potential for um uh advertising in terms of product placement but more strategic product placement like this is your group that's watching these kinds of films Mm. um you know with some level of accuracy if you want to advertise we can like we're producing a film like this if you know if you're interested in this age group Mm. go into there i reckon that's a, a, a massive possibility for netflix I do like that The Witcher was in there, though. Yeah. And apparently um, uh, more people are playing Witcher 3 on Steam. It has surpassed... Like last week than in 2015 when yeah. it was released. It has surpassed its highest ever concurrent um, user. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. I, I, I downloaded it, actually, after I watched it. Did you really? Yeah, it was like 13 bucks on that PlayStation. That is a, uh, a hefty game. Like, I know, and I'm like, I'm actually, I'm gonna give it a go, and then I spent the next week playing the Medieval remake anyway. <laughs> the what? The remake of a PS1 game, oh, Medieval. Yeah, no. Absolutely love it. Um, anyway, in more Disney box office news, it's it's all coming together here. Um, Frozen Two at one point three two five billion has just become the highest grossing animated movie of all time, um, with the slight asterisk that this is not including Lion King the remake as an animated movie, which it is. Um, Technically, so, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that I, I was mostly interested in this because I have not even really noticed this movie come out. Um, and I, I work yeah. in a cinema. Um, it, it just hasn't felt like the same cultural force that the first one was, but it's clearly drawing people in. I think that this is, this is Cars 2, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And I don't want that to sound... I think that the that there is a risk that people are thinking oh you know you're an adult of course you're not going to be terribly interested in um a kid's film or Mm. or anything like that but fuck i love watching um those kinds of films like uh uh onward i'll i'll watch i'll probably go to the theater for that one Mm. um pretty much anything that pixar has done in in the last 10 years or or for the next 10 years is something that's going to be on my radar Mm. um so it's certainly not that it's a kid's film it's just Frozen 2 feels like such a cash grab um, in the same vein as Cars 2 mm. in that I don't feel as though there is a a genuinely artistic need to have a sequel 
Have you seen Frozen? Um, I've seen most of it. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it since the cinema. And I. What was your? How do you feel about um, Frozen? I don't think I've ever asked you. Like I don't. Know I, thought, I thought it was fine. Do um, you think it is deserving of the cultural pedestal that it it now I guess sits on? You know, not really. I I liked Tangled more than every Pixar movie, pretty much. Yeah. Around the same time. Oh, give me a Tangled any day. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just um I did, certainly didn't rush out to see this one. And generally, if I don't see a movie in the first two days it releases, I'm just not going to go see it. <laughs> um, for whatever reason. Uh, anyway, yeah. I just thought that was because I I don't like I couldn't you know when the first one came out, Let It Go was everywhere, everywhere. for oh, six months. Sweet Jesus. Um, I I couldn't even name a song from this one. I certainly haven't heard a, a bar of it. Yeah. No, that's that's actually that's a really interesting point. But nonetheless, it's killing it. So there huh. you go, another billion dollar hit for Disney. Um, next up, more box office news. Um, this time in the other direction, Tom Hooper's Cats uh, is on track to lose seventy one million dollars at the box office. Um, so this is. Um, I have to confess, I really want to see this film. Me too. Let's do a review. I'm, I'm really, I'm really keen I, to see it. I I need to know the closure <laughs> so often i feel as though if if a movie gets off to a bad start mm. that people are are more than willing to go into the theater wanting to hate it mm. like and will almost enjoy hating it yeah and that you know i'm i'm guilty of that mm. you know there's movies that i i think that i have probably watched with a tainted eye let's say um, whether you know for better or for worse cream for that by the way yeah <laughs> um but you know i i, I want to watch cats as objectively as possible mm. just to see if it is as bad as people make it out to be yeah well i i think i'll be able to do that because i'm i'm one of the few people who i didn't hate the trailers um and i i find cats more of a curiosity than anything because even among the kind of musical theater world people seem to treat it as a punching bag so i'm like yeah. i want to know what it's all about um, so I'm I'm really curious to see the movie, and I I think it, I I kind of just want to get in on the conversation, and I can't yeah. have, I can't have, I can't in all good conscience have an informed view if I haven't seen it. Um, another interesting thing which happened while we're uh, while we're on hiatus was they announced like a couple days after release that they were um, redoing re- reissuing a, a version with better special effects. Well, there were apparently like um really kind of rush jobs for example on um judy dench's uh hands mm. there there there's clearly no fur on her hands and mm. she's like you can still see her wedding ring or something like like some really bizarre kind of uh i guess things that just weren't done properly yeah well it's it's kind of untested technology though it's kind of a, a lot of new stuff they were using and even with you know tried and true um, methods of CGI, a lot of that stuff doesn't really get fully polished before they have to mm. release into cinemas. So I, I, I hope I'll be able to see the um, original flavor cats <laughs> um, <laughs> in all its glory. Release the original cut. <laughs> Let's get yeah. it trending on Twitter, guys. Yeah, release the Hooper cut. Um, I yeah that that movie. We had a, a discussion kind of recently about how it was going to do box office wise, and I, I was of the opinion that it's just such a strong brand and is one of if not the highest grossing musicals of all time in terms of theater that it you know really had a shot but um the 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 public perception of it and and when the reviews came out certainly just 
it got so hurt that it was never had a chance um, from from day one. Yeah. Um, so that is. I'd love to. Him, I'd love to, to talk to someone that is an actual uh, musical person, like that, mm. that genuinely enjoys going to musicals and Broadway shows and all that, just to see what their opinion on this is. I will say, I saw. I I, I sold a ticket to a, a, a father and a little girl yesterday, um, and she was singing like. Jellicle cat's gonna be a jellicle cat. And I'm like, that's so cute. She was like five years old and she was so happy to go be seeing cats. I'm like, yeah, at, like, least, at least one person in the world. Five-year-olds love <laughs> like the weirdest shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look, at least at least there is someone out there for it. Yeah. Um, How did the dad look? Uh, happy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn wife. Um, all right, next up. Uh, Lego is currently in talks with Universal Pictures for a new exclusive partnership that may lead to the Lego, uh, to, sorry, to the, the studio creating new movies based on Lego um, after their partnership with Warner Brothers expired last year. Um, so this is, is interesting. Um, I've never seen a, a hit movie like the Lego movie turn into a, a kind of a bomb of a series as anything uh, so quickly as, as they did. Because um, the, the Lego movie 2, which I thought was absolutely terrific um like on level the first one did not do well at all yeah it's so I, it's so funny it seems like maybe that ip specifically just has a really small window that that people are interested in it like yeah. kids and stuff it's interesting because i i funnily enough i rewatched it with um my family hmm. and uh i would say about three quarters of us fell asleep during it yeah um and this is like we all really love um, the first Lego movie, yeah. but having rewatched this, did movie, you watch it after Christmas dinner? Yeah, <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> it, I just found this uh, uh, the rewatching of it to be very hollow. Huh. I thought that hey, this it was is a toy commercial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was spectacularly funny. Hmm. Um, you know. Uh, there, there's some one line liners that that still still got me, mm. but the overall movie and the I guess maybe the feel of it and the uh, the plot I suppose um, just really didn't resonate with me. Mm. Not in ways that the other like I'm uh, I I really enjoyed uh, uh, Lego Batman and I even really enjoyed uh, Ninjago, mm. um, which I thought was really. Um, Surprisingly funny, hmm. um, and, and I absolutely adore the the, the first uh, Lego movie. But yeah, this one just seemed very meh. That's a shame. I I love all four, so I'm I'm really surprised that it, it fizzled out so hard. You know, because as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the strongest kind of cinematic universes running. Um, so it's really interesting to see, um, you know, in a world where where Warner Brothers will just drag the DCEU out of its grave and keep trying to make it shamble along they'll they'll you know let let this license expire and I mean this, this if you think it. about it though Lego while being a very um very strong brand mm. is not the same kind of brand as um uh, DC mm. like DC is basically a license to print money whether you like it or not it should um, be, but it hasn't worked out that way for him necessarily. In in the sense that, yeah, like, there's been how many Batman movies made in the last two decades? There's been how many Joker 
themed or like Joker animated films or, or live action films. Like it just, it is a property, an IP that will not die. Mm. Whereas I think that there's a little bit more um, flexibility to Lego movie. Like Lego movie is often taking existing IP and then adding the gimmick of Lego over top of that mm. as well, which I think adds a few risks. So I can understand like they're very different franchises and I can understand where people would be like, I'm feeling like the whole Lego thing as a gimmick is done. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's what I'm saying. I, it, I'm just surprised that it, it happened because the Lego movie was such a hit and everyone yeah. loved it so much. It's just strange and sad, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. I understand. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of series is we might have a new one on our hands ryan johnson is working on a sequel to knives out a new uh, mystery for benoit benoit blank to solve uh blank <laughs> blank blank um, um how do you how do you feel about this uh, weird a, a knives out too weird i i really enjoyed knives out um i didn't feel the necessity for there to be another one mm. um uh the Daniel Craig's character, while I really enjoyed him, I didn't feel as though he was the the central piece to all this. He mm. wasn't the protagonist. Mm. And for me, what made this um, movie was um, the Armas. And Adamas. Uh, and yeah. Armas. And, uh, and so, you know, she obviously won't be reprising her role. Um, I'm assuming it'd be it'd be quite weird if she was. Well, I've heard some people suggest she might kind of be the Watson to his uh, to his Sherlock. I mean, potentially, yeah. Mm. Um, but e- even so, I I, I loved the plot of this. I love just the kind of this this movie kind of was. Me- I felt meticulously crafted mm. and just like a, a perfect little. There it is. Mm. Watch it. Enjoy it. And I don't feel the need to dive back into that world because I was like, I was satisfied with that. Mm. I could probably watch that another two or three times and, and gain something from it each time. Mm. Um, and so, and it's so rare that you just have a movie that people just leave alone. Mm. Cause obviously sequels equal profit. And, and you know, that's, I guess too tempting of a biscuit to just leave on a table for, for, you know, a business that is well, a business. Do you think that's what Ryan Johnson is doing, though? Because this hasn't been greenlit or anything. This is just something Ryan Johnson is doing. Um, I don't know the guy. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, the, the answer is no, surely, right? He's not seeking to make profit out of this. He's writing this because he wants to make... He liked this. Well, he I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's lots of... There's lots of um, I, I don't know. Okay. I genuinely. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, if if it, it like if they offered or or if he thinks that he could make a, a shit ton of money out of this, mm. like maybe he he drafted a really good deal, mm. um, uh, with but the first be- one and 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 has you know in that contract that he's gonna get a shit ton of money if he does the second one. Like I don't know, yeah. but um, I, I, I as a consumer, as someone that watched Knives Out and really enjoyed it, I don't feel the necessity for that to continue. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I love um, Ryan Johnson. I think I would probably prefer um, to see another original thing from him mm-hmm. um, or even to see what he could do with another franchise because Lord knows that was exciting last time. Um, uh, that being said, I, I absolutely love that character and Daniel Craig, it's it's so fun to see him actually 
acting in something and and seeming to put enjoy it. putting his own <laughs> yeah. and having a, a great time with it not trying to slit his wrists yes yeah um so i'd, I'd definitely be open to it because i think um if ryan johnson you know puts his heart and mind to something he's gonna deliver something definitely worth a watch yeah. um but uh yeah uh, he, he wants to rush that one out um within the next year i think um if, the, if huh. it actually comes ahead yeah so that's that's really interesting um anyway what time is it it is trailer time fantastic love a good trailer mm-hmm. um first on our list mm-hmm. is uh new mutants the new mutants um then it is not the trailer oh. that came out in october of 2017 that can't be right yes um this is the trailer that came out uh in january of 2020 Seriously, 2017. This is like a four-year-old movie now. That's that's why um, that's why what's her name looks Maisie Williams looks so young. <laughs> that's wild. Isn't that insane? I felt like at at worst it was earlier this year. No, well, last year presumably. It is yeah, earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, in between production troubles, uh, bigger problems with the X Men franchise as a whole, and the Disney acquisition of Fox, this movie just got swept away i i was so i really didn't think we we're ever going to say it um so certainly we, not in a proper so theatrical release but here's one thing that i was thinking about because mm. this seems to have a little bit more of the disney sheen to it mm-hmm. um do we think this is going to be within canon for um marvel essentially uh no way in hell um i think this is or one and done yeah, like I think it'll still technically be part of the Fox X Men universe. I don't think I don't think it ever would have really had any huge connections to the that larger universe. Um, if there were any, I think they would have been scrubbed from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, it'll essentially be kind of like a standalone, kind of like the last. Um, uh, this is a horrible com- comparison, but kind of like the last uh, Fantastic Four movie ended up being. You know, just a one off. Marvel comic adaptation. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm not, but I'm, I am interested in, like, I'm trying to figure out why, from the studio's point of view, why would it have been, why would have it been worth it to delay it and to reshoot it and to do any of that kind of stuff? Well, I don't think they ever got around to any reshoots because, um, you know, the question often came up to the people who were involved with the film and Maisie Williams essentially said, fuck, no one's contacted me. Like, I haven't heard anything. And it would have been impossible to do anyway because the... Well, the, act, the age gap out now of the is roles, ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, Josh Boone, the director, is definitely still on board. He's been promoting this movie um, a lot this week. So, What a rough gig. Whatever, Yeah, whatever they've done, they've, they've made amends. He seems to be on board with it. This isn't a Fantastic Four situation this time. Um, and anyway, I think the trailer looks really cool. Yeah, look, I, well, I, I thought the original trailer looked yeah. really cool as well. Like, I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not disparaging this movie. I I I really want to check it out. Mm. Um, let's make sure that we don't lose video, shall we? Let's do. <laughs> we lost the audio on the the uh, weekly show just before Christmas, which is why our hiatus actually ended up being a little bit longer than was intended. Ooh. Because of course, when George is gone, we fuck up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, George. Um, okay, well, I'll just leave that there. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see this. I love the, 
um, horror aspect to it. That's always been something that I've I've uh, liked about this the, or the prospect of this movie. Yeah, despite um, being a Disney release now, it doesn't look like they've at all bastardized the original vision. It looks which very is fantastic. Like it, it doesn't look like a separate film from that trailer we got years ago. Uh, it looks like just the next trailer for it. Yeah, um, which is cool. Um, I April I believe this comes out, which is pretty good that's a pretty good spot that's not the dumping ground like this seems like something they could have just thrown into january like all yeah. the other shit but um yeah fingers crossed man it'd be a really nice little swan song for the x-men if they just had this one little cherry on top. almost like a logan yeah yeah yeah, yeah that would be sweet they should have left it at that <laughs> <laughs> quit yeah. while you're ahead anyway. um all right uh next we've got a quiet place too so we had a very interesting uh conversation about uh movies that probably didn't need sequels um <laughs> yeah. and that that is kind of how I feel about this. One of the greatest things that I, or one of the things that I really enjoyed about A Quiet Place was that it it finished on a tone change mm. that was so unexpected and so in contrast to the rest of the movie mm. that it was it was like it was really jarring. Yeah, to have it have this really kind of thoughtful, well paced, um, simple movie just suddenly turned into like almost comedy action film type yeah. feel. Like it very much hinted at... Um, it felt like Zombieland. Like. Well, yeah, but it, but even more directly, like the the alien to a potential aliens yeah. in the future, like an action film follow-up to a, a horror movie. Um, that does not look as though that's the direction that they've gone. No, this looks like more of the same, but also with... Uh, an element that they didn't explore at all in the first one, maybe very lightly, but um, the whole every zombie movie ever, the real monster is us. Like humans yeah. are the real danger, um, which I think is is necessary. I th- they I, they can't just do the same thing again because I think that would be boring. But that's as kind well. of why I was happy for them to just keep it as one and done. Yeah, totally. Not every movie needs a, a, um, a sequel. Um, I don't know that this property will be better off mm. for having continued the story no i I, um, I, I i do love i still do love the aesthetic mm. that they are presenting so it's john krasinski directing again um which he wasn't necessarily going to come back um for this one um yeah i i because i didn't love the original so i i definitely wasn't clamoring for more but um I don't know. This this looks um, more along the lines of like the Last Walk, of Us. Or I was something. gonna say like Walking Dead slash mm. Last of Us yeah, slash every zombie thing. Every I guess. zombie film. Um, and it, 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 the trailer begins with uh, essentially a prequel to the first movie. So maybe they're also looking at exploring more answers, which we got none of in the first one. And which I also really enjoyed about mm. the first one. They mm. didn't bother going with the you know Invasion Day. Mm. Um. So yeah, when the trailer started, I'm like, "Oh shit, is this movie a prequel?" And then, like, yeah, ten seconds later, I was like, "Oh no, it's impossible." All the kids have grown up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just I f- I feel like this movie is unnecessary, but I'll put a little bit of faith into John Krasinski. Yeah, I'm, I'm very being. skeptical. I'm I'm not too keen on this at all. Grinch. Um. All right. Next we have Tenet. Yes. I keep saying Tenant, but yes. it's Tenet. Christopher Nolan's uh, David Tennant biopic. <laughs> I would love that. Um, this is unsurprisingly about time. Somehow, in some but way. But in a way that I am... The mechanic for this is just... 
Whew. Yeah, we said before the pod, this is unbelievably reminiscent of all the trailers for Inception, which gave away nothing. It was just a bunch of I'm wacky imagery. so confused. Yeah, it, it was just a bunch of weird imagery, um, really cool-looking action stuff, and everyone in the audience just being like, what is all this bwarming about? Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, which, you know, I would love it if, if I had the same reaction. I would love if, you know, uh, Inception was so early in the decade. I would love it if we entered a new decade with another um, Nolan film that mm. had the same kind of impact. That would be brilliant. Because if you think about it, in the last 10 years, the way that that uh, that Nolan kind of, or, or that Inception has, has, I guess, incepted itself into the general zeitgeist, mm. like the boing mm-hmm. is, is... It set the tone for the decade. <laughs> yeah, for, for any kind of trailer. Yeah. Um, and it is now kind of synonymous with those... Um, Inception trailers, mm-hmm. um, the if you you know the the dream within a dream like that has been parodied and referenced and I like mean, it is the blank, poster boy for Inception compu- is yeah. like so in the common parlance yeah and and any kind of um, it is a poster boy for any kind of confusing film mm. um, it is you know Rick and Morty before Rick and Morty was <laughs> out <laughs> you know you you, j- you don't understand Rick and Morty mm. well, that's because you're not smart enough mm. um, so yeah I'm you know. I, I I really dig the fact that I, I don't understand how this is working. And I think this, you know, I'm fascinated to figure out the mechanics of how this is going to work. Yeah. Because it is, as I said, it is reminiscent of Inception. It's also reminiscent of, of um, uh, what's the Guy Pierce one? Uh, Memento. Memento. Mm. In the sense that there is a, a gimmick to it, mm. a mechanic to it that is that is interesting to figure out. That yeah. will, will consume my thought while I'm watching it. Yeah, which, and I don't think that there's been any other Nolan film since, well, since Inception, I suppose, that has done that for me. Uh, Dunkirk. In terms of understanding the mechanics of it, three parallel stories running across different timelines. I suppose, yeah, but I wasn't. I thought, that, I thought that was a fascinating element of that film. It, but I, I didn't find it a mechanic that I was like, that's a. A fairly common thing to do. Mm. Like Memento, definitely not common. Inception. Um, That's not a common thing to do. Three concurrent stories telling at different times. That's exactly what Witcher... Ah, uh, That's a weird thing for Witcher to have done as well. That's like a lot of the conversation about Witcher is like, fuck, that was weird. I suppose. I, I don't know. I, I don't... I didn't, I didn't find it as... Um revolutionary or, or mm. i don't know why it didn't stick maybe it's just not you know it's not salient enough or i don't i don't know yeah dunkirk certainly didn't hit me as hard as um as some of his other movies but um yeah i i didn't love uh, i certainly didn't like dark knight rises very much i didn't love um i really didn't love interstellar but interstellar was a bummer because i i had that you know that could have been another inception i i had that that same lead up that i'm feeling now with with tenet and i'm like man i hope this one delivers because i i it's so exciting just having mm-hmm. another Nolan movie on the way. Um, I know I've talked to you about this before, but what was it really about um, Interstellar that, that let you down? Um, I thought it was kind of <clears throat> dumb um, a lot of the time. Um, just its story and its characters and its eventual um, destination, especially. Um, uh, I, it just really lost me. Um, whereas Inception, which is... A movie that's had like a lot of reappraisal from people, you know, p- you know, people have kind of turned away from it and been like, oh, no, it's, it's not actually, it's stupid as well. But uh, that one, I that 
I haven't watched it many years, but every time I when I from when I first saw that, all the times I watched, it, I thought it was just so amazingly mm. crafted and so well, well put Inception together. Is also a movie that you can watch again and again and again mm. and again and again. Mm. And Interstellar is really boring for about an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Mm. I, I will. I will give you that one. It's just right at the height of like the reconnaissance and uh, and you know Chris Nolan just being a mensch. And I was like, oh, that was you know that was fine maybe. Like that, that's a bummer. So man, I really hope this one knocks it out of the park. Cause so do I. There's nothing more exciting than a, an, an amazing uh, Nolan movie, except uh, Hans Zimmer is not scoring this one, which is kind of a bummer. Really? Yeah. I it's it's someone good. I can't remember who it is. It's one of the one of the new one of the new school guys. But um, yeah, Hans isn't on it for some reason. I even though you can't tell from the trailer, can you? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose that you, you know, Nolan has a sound. I suppose now. That is associated with him. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, but that—that's—that's that's my point. Is that anyone that's going to score for a Nolan film is going to score like Zimmer? Like I came up with this score, Chris. Yeah, more Hans, please. Yeah, <laughs> make it make it Hansier. Have you watched the Hans Masterclass? You should. Yeah, just just check this out. Um, yeah. Anyways, anyway. um, on to number four, which is Doolittle. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful world. God um, damn. Okay, so this is pretty much just the same trailer again, but now there's a dragon. It's the exact same trailer. I was I was so weirded out by that. Yeah. You you had to rewind the beginning because it had that short little couple of second trailer before the trailer I looked thing away the for dragon. like two seconds yeah, and, and you're like, like, there's a dragon now. I was like, and you're like, what? what? <laughs> Fucking excuse me? Yeah. Um, Genuinely bizarre. Yeah. This movie still, I think, looks terrible um, and is probably going to be... Like it sounds like was an unbelievable mess behind the scenes, and I think it's going to be such a, an uncontrollable bomb. Um, I don't know what Downey Jr. is doing in this movie, but it's very clear that uh, no one can tell him not to do whatever he wants to do. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't lay this at the feet of Downey Jr. I don't think he looks bad, but it's it's weird. His, his accent's odd. And, the the Welsh accent. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not. I don't know, I'm not liking his performance necessarily. There's so much else that I find bizarre about this trailer mm. that Downey's, Downey Jr.'s performance is the the least of my concerns. You know, in fact, is probably the highlight of this trailer for me. Wow. Um, I don't... I don't understand what world this is meant to be in. There's a scene where he's riding an ostrich... And I'm I'm off that, um, yeah. Like tonally, what what is it? It's so like melancholic, almost like or nostalgic or something. And what a weird every every Doctor Doolittle movie has sucked. And I love the, the you know from the producers of uh, Alice in Wonderland. I was like, who enjoyed those films? Yeah, I mean Alice in they Wonderland. Were trash. The first one was an amazing box office hit, crossed a billion. I have never spoken to anyone who liked it. Second one was such a huge bomb. Um, I've never spoken to anyone who's seen it. Uh, so yeah, just a weird comparison to be making. I don't know. Yeah, the the I mean, just this. Uh, I don't have the words. We're gonna have to watch it though. I'm I'm almost I'm almost interested. Yeah, we're gonna because I wanna movie. I wanna see what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be so disappointed if I watch this movie and it's kind of just like fine or bad. Like it's not like an absolute train wreck. I'm yeah, so disappointed. In fact, I think. I think there's the, 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 the slightest of chances mm. that this movie has enough heart in it to mm. just like pull a string. Mm. And I, I reckon there's a chance that this could 
this could get you. Yeah, I, I, that gorilla is definitely going to die fighting that tiger, and I'm definitely going to be like, oh, he's a sweet gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> Don't try and pull Pixar on me. Mm. Um, all right, finally, we have The Woman in the Window, mm-hmm. which is uh, Amy Adams. Um, this year's as, Gone Girl. Yeah, which is uh, as a, an agoraphobic woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, so this is just feeling that, um, that twisty psychological thriller... Um, kind of niche that we get every now and then, girl on the train and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, I'm I'm all for it. I think there's a a really cool little twist there, mm. um, and it, it nothing to do with it, it be, her being agoraphobic. Mm. Um, at least on the surface, I find that to be a bit gimmicky. Yeah, um, but, but yeah. yeah, yeah. You probably could just say we're remaking Rear Window. They don't need to. <laughs> Um, gives a big reason why, but uh, the uh, I, I love the idea of that kind of gaslighting, like the mm. um, when a movie does it well. Yeah, yeah. So like a we protagonist had... having knowledge that we in the audience are certain, at least for the duration of most of the movie, that they're right about, and the kind of world around them just mysteriously telling them they're wrong. Or even like considering the fact that maybe we as the audience are mm. wrong as well. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, um, for me, the, the, um, Shutter Island is such a good example of, um, not knowing who's right. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, narrator, like what's, there's, what's there's, actually going on here. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not even just, you know, it's not even just the, from a character's perspective. It's mm. just, if you put all the facts down on the table, I, I couldn't tell you who was, you know, real in that movie. Mm. So, um, I, I like that aspect of this. I, I think that kind of the, that, it, is it, a, is it applicable to call it gaslighting? Uh, potentially. Yeah. We'd have to see the movie to find out, I guess. But the whole, like saying like this, didn't happen. You're, you're crazy. Yeah. Like convincing someone that they're yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. hundred percent. Um, Pretty sure that's it, a, an accurate way to describe it. This is a, a Joe Wright film. I was looking at his filmography just before. I don't think I've seen anything he's done except Hannah, um, the the Saoirse oh, Ronan wow. film with Eric Banner. I yeah. like that movie though. Wicked Chemical Brothers score. Um, yeah, he, that, he did that's more right. more recently. He did um, Pan. You What's remember his name? The, uh, Joe Wright? Joe Wright. Oh yeah, okay. Um, um, yeah, Pan. I think I saw maybe half of that. Why? <laughs> um, I can't. No one else did the, the rightfully like, remember the Pan Captain Hook origin story movie where they sing Nirvana uh, in Neverland. Yeah, um, interesting stuff. But uh, this looks like uh, more in the right direction for him. Yeah. No, I agree. Hmm. Um, cool. That's all our trailers, isn't it? That's it. Actually, have we ever talked about the Bad Boys for Life trailer? I believe we have. I thought we had. Because it really I just, matter. <laughs> I just I just saw one in the cin- oh we have definitely bef- a while ago, but I just saw one in the cinema that I think was a new one um, before coming here. And uh, man, they really have Michael Bay's style down pat. Yeah. And I actually thought it looked kind of fun, even though I haven't seen the other two. <laughs> so I, I, might, I might actually check that one out. <laughs> I, I I'd be keen to check that out as well. Yeah. So we do have a question of the week. Uh-huh. I believe this is from you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> is it? I wasn't going to say that for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's actually technically, I think, from the AV Club. I was scanning through their AV Q and A. Oh, really? Thing, yeah. So I'm like, what can we ask on the show? Um, thank you for your question, whoever that was. <laughs> um, what's the hardest you've laughed in a theater? Hmm. 
um, is the question. And I can I apply this also to sitting down on my couch at home watching a movie? That's that, why I wrote theater in it. Does it have to be a theater? <laughs> I'm a, like, I'm asking. No, no, okay, yeah, sure. Um, I, maybe if you know both, you could say both. Um, okay, I don't... Uh, well, I mean, I'll give you the one. There's two that I distinctly remember from the last, like, year or two mm. that really got me. And they were both when I was at home. And one was watching... Um, Final Space Season 1. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just uh, Tough Tiddlywinkles. Tiddlywinkles, I think it was, mm. is the quote. Um, that scene where they're trying very hard not to get zapped, I don't know why, but that just hit me. Mm. And I could not stop laughing. Like yeah. That genuinely gave me the, the kind of the, the giggles. Yeah. And the other one, surprisingly... <laughs> came from six underground like last week when i chucked it on um i i I, is it the point where you went mad yeah (laughs) my brain there was there was a joke that was like a meta joke Hmm. that honestly i i think i've seen examples of it in movies but this was so wonderfully executed that it it just, I don't know, it, it got me. And I think that's, like, I mean, that's thats always the thing with comedy, right? Like, it, it's context. It's how you're feeling. It's how you come at the material. Hmm. Um, and sometimes something can just come out of left field and and just slay you. Yep. But those two, I think, possibly because they were so unexpected, yeah. um, is, is why I remember them. Like, hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's times where I've laughed harder. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, those, those two stand out for some reason. I'll think about a theater one while you answer. Uh, yeah, so the, the the ones that really stand in my memory, and it's sad that these were so long ago, I think I've just lost the ability to laugh, um, were, uh, because I watched last week again, uh, Jackass 3D, for some reason. What? I just saw it on stand, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to check some of this out. And um, I remember watching that uh, in the theater in 3D, and just crying for almost the entire thing. Just the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. And okay. how sickening and <laughs> depraved. Unbelievable. And <laughs> yeah. A lot of what the, the shit they did was. Um, Jackass is high art, in my opinion. Um, and the other one, uh, also very classy, was uh, Borat. Um, okay. Yeah. Specifically, I think the, the point that I was like crying at was um, when he's running around naked with his manager or whoever. Yeah. It is when in they're the, in the hotel the, room in the and they're trying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I, I would just was losing it fuck that movie was so funny with a huge audience god i wish i, I could remember laughing more specific yeah <laughs> i do i oddly enough and this is I, I remember a very specific time in the theater watching thor ragnarok mm-hmm. um and it wasn't even me that laughed the loudest mm. but it was uh um lucas mm who who laughed at a scene and that made me in turn laugh yeah and for, for anyone who knows thor ragnarok really well and is curious um our, our friend lucas in the session laughed his head off the only one in the cinema when uh tessa valkyrie. thompson valkyrie kicks out one of the guards uh spears or staff yeah. he's leaning on and kind of stumbles a little bit and my friend just like cackled enormously mm. and everyone just like looked around like what happened yeah and it's funny don't get me wrong but his reaction, yeah. like how funny he thought that was, made me think it was funnier. I brought it up with him like two weeks ago. He didn't remember. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know why that's such like a... Uh, um, it's a funny little moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, am I, can I ask you a question? You can. Um, 
Do you remember the the most dumbfounded you've been in a in a movie? Yes. In a theater? I do. Um, it was about three quarters of the way through Suicide Squad, where I st- stood up and literally said out loud, "What the fuck is this movie?" <laughs> um, because the way that that movie starts coming together and and trying to assemble an actual film baffled me. Yeah, I couldn't believe it was an actual studio film. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Hmm. I um the reason I ask is because I was thinking about like times that I was like like memorable moments in a theater and it wasn't me laughing, it was I don't think I I could say anything hmm. was the first I'd say 20 seconds of um uh um Justice League. Oh. Yeah, Justice League. I don't know yeah. what, what what was it called? Dawn of Justice or something? I like how closely related our answers are, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly, right? Um, yeah. And, and I think, because I watched it in the theater with you, mm. and I remember looking at that being so utterly gobsmacked. Henry and then Cavill's lo- upper lip. Yeah, and looking at you mm. and just having this, like, vindication in your eyes. You're like, I'd seen the movie I fucking know, right? About three weeks before it released, yeah. and thus had nobody to talk to about it. Um, the world had not witnessed... I don't know how you managed... That's impressive. Yeah. Because um, that is... That so is... I remembered the movie started. I was just watching you and George watch it, and yeah. just being like, "Yes." <laughs> Sometimes that's the f- that 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 is a really enjoyable thing to do. Mm. Is like, like I used to go and watch, um, the end of the first um. Fuck, what is it called? Uh, the Paranormal low- activity. Yeah, that's it. Mm, me too. Yeah. yeah, just when this is. Still, when I was working at the theater, hmm. I'd go in and I just I'd watch audiences and I'd get the reaction. I had the same thing with the wrestler. I'd 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 walk into the theater and I'd watch the last three minutes, hmm. two minutes or so, and mostly just to watch the audience and see how they they would react. My biggest one was a, a scene two thirds into um, the Coen Brothers burn after reading. Oh, um, fantastic! Which, yeah, yeah. If you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I used to love watching audiences react to that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that should be our question for next. Like, oh, we've just answered it. I was thinking like moments <laughs> yeah. that I love watching audiences we'll more than I love questions. watching. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was our whole stock for the month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send in more questions, people, please. Please. <laughs> um, cool. Um, something that we haven't done actually is review the last episode of Mandalorian. I know you're going to bring that up. Do you want to do it? Yeah, sure. Should we do it? Okay. <laughs> this is our. <laughs> this is our final. <laughs> hey, everybody! This is our final. Um, Review of, of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so we've, I think, both been in the same boat when it comes to The Mandalorian, which is that um, really cool start, massive plateau, if not dip, hmm. for the middle kind of episodes. Um, uh, loved the second last one, the one with Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and now we're here um, at the last one. That, that would probably kind of quickly sum up how 100%. you feel about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now that this that we have the final episode, what what do you think? Like, what how how were you feeling about it? It feels like such a long time ago already. Um, so this was the Taika Waititi director directed episode. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know it was Taika Waititi until the end. By the way, I didn't either. I don't think I think I'd heard about it earlier, but forgotten. Mm. Um, and this was, I think, by far the longest episode. This is like an hour long or something, wasn't it? It it is a decently long episode. Mm. Um, however a thoroughly enjoyable one. Yeah, I thought it was very, very strong. A, a very good ending to the series. Um, really cemented the whole season as a very 
kind of simple story, kind of a throwback almost. It you know there was nothing like winking or meta about yeah. it. It was it was just oh this, well there was uh, there was moments kind of lines here and there but for the, for the most part it was this really kind of old-fashioned uh, western story that was yeah. so not afraid to just be something almost derivative at this yeah. point um, of things that came before it and and i i should mention that because i just realized that i made a mistake i i'm kind of talking about the last episode it's the last two episodes sorry hmm. they're kind of melding together in my mind were so i'm i'm specifically when the, the one that starts oh, i guess we haven't, haven't talked about that second last one either yeah so when, when, sorry, when I talked about the Bill Burr one, that's actually that's the, the third, third last, third last yeah. not the I, second I last. Might have been, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm kind of talking about the last two episodes I, as I, as one. Is it is the second last one where they're pinned down? Is that like the whole yeah. episode? Yeah. Which is, I mean, it, it, it's it's decent. It's fine, yeah. It's, um, and and really sets up the the finale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I I I really I I, I kind of loved this episode. Mm. Um, and I loved how they began being. And, and it's funny that you say that there's nothing meta because I thought the beginning was yeah unbelievably meta yes and yeah. and they did something that i thought was both very brave um and also wildly entertaining which is they addressed the um stormtroopers can't shoot stormtroopers can't shoot which yeah. I, and, and and really brilliantly done yeah and it, it was yeah it was it was perfect i absolutely loved it and it, it kind of gave me the sense that i like i my mind was racing i'm like shit is is this a stormtrooper so shit because there's so many of them. Their their army's just like underfunded and they're undertrained yeah. and their their equipment's just shit because he's like banging his gun and he still can't yeah. hit it right in front of him. I'm like, that's that's just so fun. There's so much to unpack. And there. they didn't expand it. They didn't be like, oh, this is why they can't shoot. Mm. But they just like clearly alluded to the fact that they can't, which <laughs> yeah. I love. Yeah. There was no kind of convoluted explanation of like, yeah. oh, stormtroopers are born with cross-eyed. Yeah. Like I or something like that. Like, it was, just, know, a, it was just, just a fun little bit, and then uh, IG Eleven came up and absolutely demolished them. Yeah, very quickly and brutally as well. Mm. Um, one last thing that you know, I was talking to someone that um, absolutely loves Baby Yoda. She sends me Baby Yoda memes um, constantly, yeah. um, and I was and and my first question to her after um, she had watched the series was like, "How did you feel about them hitting Baby Yoda?" <laughs> um, and she was like, "Well, not good, if I'm to be honest." And I was like, "What? It's such a I think." Not that they could have known, because I think this, obviously this would have all been filmed before they got, a, a, you know, a reaction. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, what an impactful thing to do. Take this, like, what has become this kind of meme god god yeah. and, and start hitting it. I was like, oh. Yeah, supposedly they were really blindsided by the, the popularity of that character. Um, and it really speaks to uh, Watiti's direction that even though nothing bad is going to happen to Baby Yoda. Obviously, that scene was yeah. so drawn out and so well done that I was like really worried about that bag yeah. not moving every time he hit it. I'm like, is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, uh, IG-88 was an absolute standout of that episode. I thought yep. best he's been utilized in the series. Destroyed, yeah. Uh, just all of his, his combat, his speeder bike stuff, and then his sacrifice at the end. Fantastic. This is the best that any kind of speeder bike or ship has looked, I think, in this series. Mm. Um, mm. and uh, was used to great effect, I think. Yeah, and then there was the kind of on-the-nose, you know, him finally getting his Rising Phoenix or whatever it is, and then yeah. use it straight away. But really awesome kind of uh, showdown between him yeah. and Giancarlo Esposito. Which made it that much more confusing of uh, his comment about, I gotta get me one of those, mm. which is a comment that has stuck with me and I really hate. Mm. And he got one of those. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it all came around. what do you mean? Like the, You're acting as though you're surprised that Mandalorians have these jetpacks. <laughs> and then it just makes it even more bizarre that now it's like, you've trained with them. Like, mm. you know that you know how to get them. Like, mm. what are you on about? Mm. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, I thought really strong, really strong uh, end of the series. Really great um, place to to move forward for the next season. Yeah, um, I, I really like uh, Gina Carano's character. I think she's been really good in the series for for someone who's not necessarily the strongest actor. Um, mm. I thought um, uh, what's his name's death in the in the prior Ajit. episode was pretty. Uh, oh effective. yeah, yeah. Um, what's the actor? Nick Nolte. Yeah. Um, I still can't believe how much that creature looks like nick nolte oh was that not just <laughs> i know nick right? nolte I I'm, like, I'm assuming he had some prosthetics he's, he's on but yeah. A little <laughs> um uh yeah so, so not, took some of the wrinkles out of his face and that's how they made that character so the the witcher ended up really surprising me and becoming kind of the knockout tv series at the end of the year for me um that that Mandalorian, I guess I was more expecting to be. Yeah. But still, Mandalorian overall, extremely solid, and I'm, I'm keen to move forward with it. Yeah, same. Um, you know, I think before, just one thing I wanted to um, ask you, how did you feel about the uh, final um, uh, villain reveal, I suppose? the With the Dark Saber? The Dark Saber, yeah. Mm, uh, it looked awesome. I don't know. It's like, that's fun. It's a fun little allusion to yeah. where it's going to go. I'm like, yeah. cool. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I love how this... Um, started. I love how it ended. Um, I hope that. Thank the... God it wasn't more than eight episodes. Yeah, that would have been a bit much. Because, yeah, because you know, we always complain about like twenty-two episode seasons, and this one, I feel, struggled to have a uh, you know really solid eight. Yeah. So like, let's do six next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you still have Disney Plus? Um, I do only because the friends using it. I'm gonna cancel as soon as I can. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um. I don't think I've really looked at anything else that I felt as though I needed. I also realized last week that I have Amazon Prime still, which I did not realize. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And that is no longer like $2 a month. No, it's, it's the same price I signed up for it with, but I only... I really? saw it on my, oh, yeah, How'd you uh, manage that? Six ninety nine or something. But, oh, um, right. No, I, I signed up When to, I got it, it was that yeah, already, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I, only I thought really... you were still getting it for like 2 bucks. I was like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've, I've actually been using quite a lot. There's a lot I, of really good I, movies on there. I am I'm like, really oh yeah, Amazon's getting, the biggest company in the world. They probably have some good stuff. I'm really getting a kick out of Amazon Prime. I, mm. I still hate their UI, but... Mm. Um, I hate all their UIs. I, so at, at this point now, I have Disney+, Plus, uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Stan. Um, I got rid of... Uh, do you, you don't have Foxtel, do you? No. No, I got rid of Foxtel. I'm getting rid of Stan, and I'm getting rid of um, Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, so, and, and, and to be honest, I think all I really need is, is Netflix and Amazon Prime because mm. I'm really enjoying the, um, the, the content coming out of those two. Um, I have Apple+, Plus, but only because it's free mm. at the moment. Um, I haven't actually delved into any of the content yet. Um, there's been other things that I, I felt have, uh, probably deserve my attention a little bit more. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, at the moment, in terms of the streaming wars, I, I don't see Disney Plus being the um, the powerhouse that it was, I think, toted to be or everyone feared it would be. We'll have to see when um, they actually start releasing more uh, original content. Because Mandalorian, I think it's fair to say, took the world by storm, if only with Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if yeah. they can, if they if can capture else, that lightning in the bottle again with, like, all of these Marvel things they have and all that stuff. And I guess but... that's kind of... That's the... the That's Star Wars, really. Star Wars is just this big kind of merchandising machine. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think Disney Plus is going to be the streaming service to have, like, eight next weeks out of the year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly, right? Yeah. And uh, honestly, and I was telling this to some friends because they were asking, like, is, is Mandalorian worth it? Um, I was like, Mandalorian's worth it. Disney Plus is not. Mm. Um, my recommendation to anyone and everyone is to 
um, purchase it for a month, mm. binge through um, Mandalorian, and then fuck it off. And depends on your priorities. Like if you're there for if the you Disney got kids, stuff, oh yeah. maybe. Apparently, apparently the highest viewership is on the classic Disney movies, like above all, above all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Oh, easily because they're so rewatchable. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know that the, the prequels are certainly not. At least to me, they're not very rewatchable. Mm. Um, and even the the, the new sequel, uh, the um, sequels aren't terribly rewatchable. Um, the originals aren't even that rewatchable. But I could watch um, the original Aladdin mm. twice a week. I could watch it twice a day <laughs> here on until <laughs> I have done. Um, so that's not surprising. Mm. Um, but yeah, I am. Um, Very meh on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Anyways, that is our show for today. We'll be today. back next week wearing different shirts. Yeah. No, I, we didn't even that, address the And by that, I mean we'll each be wearing a different shirt, but that'll be the same <laughs> the shirt. The same shirt. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we get George back next week. No, he's going to watch Elton John, apparently. Back in the country. He still can't hang out with us. Yeah, no. George. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, but uh, post that, we will have all three of us together. And with any luck... We will also have a slightly different format for the show, a slightly different look. So, mm-hmm. you know, thanks to us for doing that. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. You're welcome. That's <laughs> what we're saying. I just kind of like completely blanked. Um, anyways, that's it for us, guys. In, um, talk to you next time. I don't know. How does George usually sign these off? <laughs> Bye. 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 What have I done? Uh, no.